0: It's the Locked On Aggies Podcast, presented by Locked On Podcast Network, talking all things Texas A&M. Now, here's your host, Cole Thompson. Howdy, everybody, and welcome back into another episode of Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson here in the driver's seat, talking all things Texas A&M getting you ready for another weekend full of basketball. This upcoming weekend, Texas A&M will stay home at Reed Arena to take on South Carolina. Frank Martin's team, the team that went to the Final Four just a few years ago, is trying to find a rhythm in SEC play, maybe against this A&M team with Buzz Williams leading the charge. They could get it. They just started really showing what they were worth. This past week against Kentucky, we'll break that down in a minute. But we're gonna get you ready and talk about that game. And also, looking ahead at the 2020 Texas A&M season, we're gonna do a series where we talk about the good, the bad, and the maybe. And today, we're gonna focus on the good that could come from the 2020 season. Before we begin, just some housekeeping issues. Just remember to be following us on social media. At Locked On Aggies, that is our main site. At Locked On Aggies, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Tweet us your thoughts on the show. Tweet us your thoughts on what you think of everything going on. Let us know what you want to be told at Locked On Aggies. You can also follow us at Aggies SI Sports Illustrates. Aggie Maven and the Locked On Podcast Network have partnered together to give you quality content surrounding all things Texas A&M. You can check out all of our great written work that I do covering both A&M basketball, A&M football, and soon A&M baseball at si.com slash T-A-M-U or tweet it out at Aggies SI. And last but not least, if you like what I do, if you think that I'm good, if you think that I suck, I don't really care. Just give me feedback to make this show better. All you gotta do, it's really simple. Follow me at Mr. Cole Thompson. I'm a mister. I'm Cole Thompson. That's my name. Don't wear it out. At Mr. Cole Thompson, at Aggies SI, and at Locked on Aggies. As we mentioned before, AM will be hosting South Carolina this upcoming weekend at home. Tip-off is at noon. That will be featured this Saturday at Reed Arena. The Aggies, they, they lost, unfortunately, to LSU. That's the big takeaway. They did lose LSU. It was a close game, and you gotta give a lot of credit to the same team. Buzz Williams has them trending in the right direction. And one thing that he's talked a lot about is consistency. He actually spoke about this yesterday, talking about here's a quote. Uh, having consistency in the month 6 after what has all transpired, I think that's a good sign. Does that mean we will win a bunch? I don't know. Does that mean we will lose a bunch? I don't know. I can't control the results, but the consistency in what we're doing daily, there's been some momentum. That's been some traction. It's not old guys. It's not new guys. It's not the post. It's not the guards. It's not the managers. It's kind of everybody. This AM team in the first year of the Buzz Williams era is improving. They are getting better. And if you want more proof than that, look at the LSU game. Not only did they score a season high of 85 points in an 89-85 to loss to Will Wade's staff, they also scored 43% of their three-pointers. This is the worst three-pointer shooting team in America, according to the NCAA charts that we have right now. They've been shooting below 33% all season. They scored 10 more points in the percentage from behind the arc. That shows improvement. They were down by 16 with 10 minutes left in the first half. They were able to bring it back to 12. They also were down by 14 in the second quarter. They were able to take the lead. They didn't keep it. And that's a lot due to Skylar Mays. That's a lot due to the passing attack of LSU and all of their dominant offensive play, but you can't take what we saw this past week of AM against a legitimate powerhouse in LSU, a team that likely will go to the tournament and say that they are troublesome or that they are out of the way or that they're just not a real contender. They're going to be a hard out every single game and that's what I'm looking forward to this upcoming week against South Carolina now everyone's got to remember that this past week South Carolina did upset number 10 Kentucky thanks to a late shot from Jermaine Coussand the Gamecocks were able to get the 80 to 78 victory at home over the Wildcats John Calipari's team this is a Frank Martin team that has been successful in recent years. They've struggled the last year, and you could say they're struggling this year, especially in SEC play. They're 1-2. and two. They got the win over the Wildcats, but they did lose to Tennessee earlier this weekend, last weekend. You don't really know what this South Carolina team is. But maybe a win over a powerful conference team such as Kentucky, perhaps the number two favorite in the SEC behind Auburn. They're going to be a consistent team now. Maybe they're a late sleeper. I mean, nine and seven is almost the exact same as A&M. They're eight and seven. I mean, they're right there, neck and neck with each other. They both have players who have struggled. And they both have players who continue to make the most of their time. They each have two players seeing over 22 minutes of play. Uh, for for South Carolina, it's AJ Lawson and Jermaine Carcassand. They're both leading the team in scoring. Josh Nemo and Andre Gordon, kind of the same thing, except instead of two playing the back court, one's playing the back court, and one's playing the front court for A and M. But you look at this team. I think what's really going to come down to is consistent shooting. If AM shoots the way they did against LSU, I don't think that this is gonna be a problem. This is gonna be actually a pretty significant win for the Aggies. And they're gonna to improve to three and two in SEC play. But if they struggle, like we saw some games against like Fairfield and against Harvard and Texas Southern, this is an SEC opponent. They've gotten struggle wins against teams like Corpus Christi and Texas Southern, but you don't get to play that way against SEC opponents and expect to win. They're going to have to shoot consistently if they want to be in the running for a chance to win this game. I do think they win this game. I do. I do think that Josh Nebo, he spoke a lot this past Thursday about what he's liked about the offense what we've seen from this Aggies team improving with the small ball and consistency is getting better. I do think A&M gets this win, but if they lose, we know why. They're losing because they're not going to be able to make that next jump and they're going to regress back to their poor shooting. And if they shoot poorly, this could be an easy win and another monumental win for South Carolina, to improve in the SEC and possibly start looking like that team that we saw a few seasons ago really make a name for themselves in the NCAA tournament. Speaking of teams making a name for themselves, can AM make a name for themselves in 2020 as legitimate contenders in the SEC West and in the SEC in general? In year three under Jimbo Fisher, we saw with Florida dating year two under Dan Mullen. That's gonna be the expectation For Fisher, we're going to talk about that in just a quick moment. Locked On Aggies presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson here in the driver's seat talking all things Texas A&M. And guys, if you're not subscribed to the Locked On Podcast Network, let me ask you a question. What are you doing? We have over two dozen excellent shows ready for your listening ears for you to be able to join in on the conversation. So make sure you listen to everything NCAA. Make sure you listen to everything MLB. NFL, NHL, and of course, NBA. Check out all the great podcasts at lockedonpodcast.com. All right. Year three of the Jimbo Fisher era will commence this upcoming season, and we have expectations beyond belief for AM to make that jump from quality team in the SEC to actual contender for a college football playoff. You don't sign a coach for a 10 year, $75 million deal. $7.5 million a season and have him expect to go 8-4 and four on the regular. You want him to make that jump and take your program to new heights. That is what Jimbo Fisher was brought in for from Tallahassee. It was what he was able to do with the offense under Nick Saban at LSU. It was what he was able to do with quarterbacks such as Christian Ponder, such as Jameis Winston, even such as DeAndre Francois. He turned the ACC into a one-team juggernaut with Florida State leading the pack. That is what he's trying to do in the SEC West. It's tough, but there are three things that I look at, and we're going to break down all three of them over the next two segments, of how this a and team is going to be better in 2020 than they were in 2019. Let's just start out with the obvious. It's an easier schedule. It really is an easier schedule. And I know what everyone's saying, how is it an easier schedule? They're still playing non-conference foes who are pretty rough. But you look at them, and some of them are not even in the same competition. I mean, you're replacing Texas State with North Texas. Seth Latrell is a great coach, and I'm not here to bash on him. I do think that could be a trap game for the points. But it's North Texas versus Texas A&M in College Station. That's a victory. That has to be a victory. Same thing for Fresno State. Fresno State is now going with a new head coach in Kalen DeBoer from Indiana. Ted Bedford's gone. They're completely rebuilding this Fresno team. This isn't the team that featured guys like Keyshawn Johnson. This isn't the team that featured guys like Devontae Adams and and Derek Carr. This is a brand new team that struggled in Bedford's last season. And they're not improving right now. So Fresno State, to me, is not going to be a big battle. That should be another easy win. You replace UTSA with Abilene Christian. Abilene Christian is an FCS school. If you lose to an FCS school, that's a problem. And that's, that's Appalachian State, Michigan, 2007, circa Rich Rodriguez era bad. That's how horrendous that move would be. So to start the season off, you're playing against an FCS school. You better get that win. That's just a given. And then you look at the big out of conference game. The last two years, it's been Clemson. One of the top teams in the nation in 2018 with Jimbo. They almost got the victory. Instead, they lost. Clemson went on to hoist the national championship trophy this past year. They kept Clemson in check for the first half. Second half, Kellen Mine couldn't get anything going in Clemson. Instead, they fell short. They would end up losing. I think it was 24-7. Clemson again. Trevor Lawrence leads the pack. He gets the victory. Takes them all the way to the national title. LSU gets the victory. I mean, that's his LSU. They they were the best team in college football this year. And there's no more proof than that than when you hang 45 points up against the number one scoring defense and the number two defense in the nation. And if LSU would have played Ohio State, they would have faced the number one defense in the nation. So they already faced off against one of the top defenses in the nation. They also played against Alabama, another top-level defense, Georgia, another top-level defense. They they had some competition this year. They were the best team. They replaced that game with Colorado. And this is nothing against Mel Tucker. I think Mel Tucker is one of the smartest coaches defensively in college football. And what he was able to do at the pro level, especially with defensive backs in Chicago, I think was good, but he was never going to be a big-time name at the NFL level. So you bring him to Alabama... He helped with Eddie Jackson's transition. He helped with all of the success of the players at Georgia. He became Georgia's defense coordinator. He helps Georgia get to the national championship. Mel Tucker is a really smart coach. But Colorado is going to be without Steven Montez and Lavish Kishanat. Two of their main offensive weapons. That's a win for a Before they face off against Auburn and when you look at this Am schedule overall this is an Am team that likely could be six 0 out Abilene Christian win North Texas win Colorado probable win Arkansas at ATT Stadium Sam Pittman the way that their offense is looking win Mississippi State I like Mike leach Mike leach is one of the best coaches in College football, in my personal opinion. He's insane. The air raid offense, Garrett Schrader, what he's going to be able to do. They get Kylan Hill back. Trap game, toughest game so far. I still think it's a win. Fresno State, win. They're 6-0 before they face off against Auburn in Jordan-Hare Stadium. If Bo Nix doesn't get it together under Chad Morris, what's this Auburn team like? I mean, you look at Auburn's schedule... North Carolina, that could be a trap game. I really think so. Kentucky's better. Georgia, better team. They could have three losses coming into that game. A&M could be 6-0. They get that win. They face South Carolina. Unless Ryan Holinski really is the legit deal, there ain't no going into the bye week. Ole Miss, I still think it's a win. Lane Kiffin's got some things working for him. I don't see it changing. They're 9 no Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt's, Vanderbilt has so many issues right now, and the fact that Derek Mason was retained means they're either waiting for someone who they really think can take them to that next level, or they're just understanding that they're just not a football program. a and could be 10-0 and 0 going into the final two games against Alabama and LSU next year. Alabama could have issues at quarterback. Is Bryce Young the answer? Is Talia Tungavailoa the answer? Or is Mac Jones going to get the start because he's the veteran and he's shown enough with his 15 touchdowns, three interceptions, and over 1,500 passing yards in four starts this year? LSU lost everything. I think LSU is a great program and they're going to continue to be a team to watch for in the SEC. But they lost Dave Aranda to Baylor. They lost... Joe Brady, to the guy who Dave Arena replaced at Baylor, Matt Rule, to the NFL for Carolina Panthers, and they've lost over a dozen players to the NFL draft, including guys such as Justin Jefferson, Clyde Edwards-Hillary, uh, Kason uh, Laysan, Thaddeus Moss, they're losing Joe Burrow, they don't have an answer there. a their downfall should be 10 and two that should be their bottom that's the seller and the ceiling is 13 and 0 with a chance to go to the college football playoff if everything hits for AM, they could go undefeated next year they're a veteran roster but before we go into that, let's just go ahead and step aside real fast and let's get ready to talk about some other things that can make a a true contender in 2020. We'll be breaking that down in just a quick moment. on Aggies presented by the Lockdown Podcast Network. Cole Thompson here in the driver's seat talking all things Texas A&M. Just remember, tomorrow there will be a basketball game at Reed Arena noon. Tip-off is at noon. You can watch the game on SEC Network, or if you're in College Station, stop on by. Tickets are free if you're a student, and if not, I think they're only $5. Go watch this A&M team and an exciting Buzz Williams-led offense. Kind of take control. They're a really fun team to watch, and you won't be disappointed. Right now, we're talking about ways A&M could be better in 2020 than they were in 2019. 7-5 might have been the best record they could have had especially when they were the first team since 1975 to face off against the AP's preseason top three in the single season, and also they're the first team in NCAA history to face the number one team in the nation three times in one year. We already talked about it. It's an easier schedule for A&M. Number two, it's a veteran roster coming back. The defense aside the ball. They were replacing Debbie Renfro, who was a part-time starter, Charles Oliver, who was a part-time starter, And Justin Matabike, who was a full-time starter on defense. That's it. That's all they're replacing on defense. They're getting back Anthony Hines and Buddy Johnson. They're getting back Bobby Brown. They're getting back uh, Jaden Peavy. They're getting back Tyree Johnson. They're getting back a healthier and an older DeMarvin Leal. They're adding in a young class of talent. To an already experienced defensive backfield. Damani Richardson going to be a year older. Keldrick Harper is going to be a year older. He's a, he's a veteran guy. The defense with Mike Elko could be at that next level. They replaced 8 starters. Going in from year 1 to year 2 under Fisher. That's a tough task to follow. They're replacing 1 full time starter and two part-time starters. One of whom was replaced by Elijah Blades until he got hurt. They now get Brian George, another junior cornerback, to really help transition. On offense, they lose three starters. Really, I guess you could say four, but I'm just going to say three because by the end, Isaiah Spiller was the starter. But they lose Jayshon Corbin to transfer. Florida State goes back home closer to Tallahassee from Rockledge, makes sense. They lose Colton Prater on the offensive line. He was a guy who played guard and center. He's a versatile player. And they lose two receivers in Courtney Davis and Kendrick Rogers. That's it. If Anais Smith can pick up with Davis's production as that versatile slot guy who can also play on the outside, who can also make plays on jet sweeps, on pitches, on reverses, make Great plays after the catch with his speed, especially what he was able to do in punt return. There's your Davis replacement. There's a plethora of talented receivers. including a guy like Cameron Buckley who got lost because of Davis and Rodgers and Smith were taking reps away from him to where he could step up. They have a talented young core and they also have five-star Damon Damos coming in. If Damon Deimos can be the X factor making circus grabs and big time plays for this AM offense, getting stops, getting getting receptions, making acrobatic plays in the open field. There you go. That's your replacement. Finally, and last but not least, they have a young core to build around. That doesn't include the number six, potentially number five recruiting class in the nation should they land Zach Evans, the running back out of Memorial, Texas. You look at them with guys like Antonio Johnson, Fadil Diggs, DeMarvin Leal, Antonio Doyle, uh, Ed- Edger Cooper. Then you go to the offense, Musa Muhammad, Damon uh Devin Acney, who could play a mix of wide receiver and running back, kind of a dual threat guy. Look at the freshman talent that was already on campus. Jalen Weidemeyer was the Aggies' number two, three tight end to start the year. He's going to go in leading the charge next year. You also have Baylor Cup, who was injured, five-star recruit, who is going to pair up to create double tight formations. There you go. In the run game, Isaiah Spiller, nearly 1,000 yards on the year for a freshman. 10 touchdowns. His production was great. He's only going to add that next year. Aniah Smith, do-it-all weapon. He was making plays in special teams. He was making plays at the running back position. Without Cordarian Richardson, he was the RB2, and he rushed for 53 yards, including that 19-yard pitch that set up for the A&M score that brought them back in the game in the Texas Bowl. Smith's a do-it-all guy, and he's going to be... Probably your slot receiver. Or he's at least going to get some reps there during the regular season if he's your backup running back. Then you got to look also at the defensive side of the ball. DeMarvin Leal came on great at the end. The San Antonio product was phenomenal. He had two big stops against Spencer Sanders that allowed AM to solidify themselves getting that win in Houston. They're getting back Damani Richardson in the secondary. That was a versatile guy. That was the one dude who was going to make plays for this AM roster. With a young core, and if you throw in maybe someone like Jalen Jones, Damon Damos, Devin Acne, and even just maybe, say if they're running a 4-3 style instead of the nickel formation, and Cooper or Doyle steps up, this team... Has that veteran talent with that youthful movement that they're going to be able to build a powerhouse, not just for 2020, but beyond. Everything you see from this AM team is going to set themselves apart moving forward. So when I say 10 and 2 is the floor, it's the floor because that's how good this AM team could be. The ceiling is 15 and 0. A win in the SEC championship, a win in whatever bowl game that they make as one, two, three, or four seed, and then the national championship down in Miami next year. They are good enough to be a national championship contending team. And the expectation in year three for $75 million is at least a 10-2 and two season for Jimbo Fisher. If he wants to prove that he is the guy to change the culture at A&M, 10-2, 11-1, or 12-0 and 0 during the regular season, that's how you do it. Because you're setting yourself up with a veteran roster just how LSU did this year, with Ed Orgeron as your head coach to be that team. And if you can't be that guy and you can't take that team to that level, then there's questions where it's going to be really hard to defend you. That's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Aggies. Make sure you're following us on social media at LockedOnAggies, at SI, and at Mr. Cole Thompson. Monday, we will be back. We will be breaking down what happened in this upcoming game against South Carolina. What were the positives? What were the negatives with this AM team? And Tuesday, we will be in Mobile, Alabama for the Senior Bowl, watching Courtney Davis and Braden Mann strut their stuff, trying to find out more information on where they could be landing in the NFL draft. We will have some guests on. That's going to do it, though, for here. Make sure you're following us on social media. We will see you Monday. And remember, thank you, y'all. This has been what on Aggies. Presented by the Locked On Podcast Network.